1: Welcome orange men and ladies to another episode of Tie Thoughts. We are gonna hear from Tyler and we're gonna hear all of his thoughts as well. But as you know, first we gotta hear from the title sponsor for Tie Thoughts for the Cuse and for Armchair Media, and that is that online. Let's just say, let's just say you may not get to a game this year. The next best alternative is watching it. But put a little something on it. Make it worth it. The Syracuse season is done, okay? I mean, let's just let's see what we can scavenge up, okay? You want to make it a little more interesting? Put a little wager on it. Head over to BetOnline.ag today. Look, they're doing everything they can to get you involved in all of the action this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head over to BetOnline today. Use the promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you, BetOnline. Now, here's Tyler.
0: Alright, what is up, ladies and gentlemen? It is Tyler Morona coming to you for another episode of Thai Thoughts. You're not hearing this, but I'm bumping some really great alternative music in my ears to get me pumped up. Because I've been listening to some of these shows, and you know the one thing I've been missing that I've been getting out of coaching that I think was the one reason that kind of led me to wanting to go back into the sport was just how high energy – um, sports and human interaction gives me. So like when I'm on on the blower with Sean and Joe, um, you know I'm super high energy because I'm playing off of other people. And I think the hardest part, the thing that kind of delays the podcast sometimes is the fear of me not getting um, everything I want out of the podcast. so I have to kind of push it back. But um, having the the music in my ears right now is, is really great just because like I'm tired today. I'm having a cup of coffee right now. It is Thursday night. Uh, November fifth um, and you know it's just it 's another week gone by and it's it's another week where Syracuse turned into awful performance versus wake and then we have to sit here and, and talk about it so um you know how you know just I, I, you the fan deserves a little bit more energy and um this week I have a lot prepared for you guys um and um what I had and I And I, and I, this is, you know, as opinionated as I can be. And I want to, to say this is uh, what I got. This is coming um, from me being in coaching, being a former player. And I really want to give you guys more of that because I've kind of hid that before um, because I don't want to, like I've said previously, kind of interrupt maybe anything that I've got going on with coaching or anybody think I'm stupid, but you know, you guys probably already think that. So it's just the way it goes. Um, First off, big shout Trill Williams um, declaring for the NFL. It really sucks, though, because it's like when you look back on it, you're like, obviously, he's an NFL talent and same with Cisco. But you're like, same thing with the Zaire Franklin and Paris Bennett situation. I think those two are very comparable where it's like you'll see both uh, Cisco and Trill in the league like a Zaire Franklin and you're going, wait a minute we were terrible the entire time we had them. And then it's like, we wasted their prime. It's the same way that I feel that the Cowboys did with their offensive line that they have with Tyron Smith, Travis Frederick, Lyle Collins. Um, back in the day, it was Ron Leary. Now it's Zach Martin. It's like, the only reason why it appears that we were good is because we had that offensive line and now that it's gone and it's exposing all of our weaknesses. And it's the same thing with our secondary at Syracuse and a lot of time with our defense. It's like we were winning because of our not even that, but we were competitive because of them. And if not, we would have noticed that we kind of kind of, a, you know, an unpolished turd without them. And, and I hate to kind of use that comparison but we could see how bad it could have been the whole time without them so it's a gone too soon situation for me i love that they're going on i want everybody to cash as many paychecks as possible because hardest thing in this world is to to cash a paycheck doing exactly what you want to do and doing it when you want to do it and for the price that they're paying for in the nfl um it is an impossible ask in, and, and when I talk about a microscopic amount of the population gets to do this, I'm talking a like we're talking the size of an atom in an atom. That's the basically the possibility of getting an NFL paycheck. Um, now guys like me or other guys that were at the division one level, it's very realistic because you're one step away. But that step, to be honest, that step might as well be the Grand Canyon. Um, a lo- from what I understand, I've never played in the NFL, but you can ask pretty much anybody who's ever played in the NFL. And For me, the biggest jump was not from high school to junior college or junior college to D1. I think the biggest jump in general is... high school to D1. Like, if you have to make that high school to D1 jump right away, I think you are screwed. And the guys like the Trevor Lawrences or um, a famous example is Marquise Lee. Uh, When he went to USC, started as a true freshman, started putting up epic numbers right away. So, like, those guys are talents. Those guys are the cream of the crop. They are... Number one overall picks—they're surefire things. It's like those guys just don't exist, right? So you know, we're talking out of a graduating class of seniors. We're talking three do that. You know, we're talking ten do that out of you know for for round number six, a million. You know, whatever that um, boils down to. I'm not smart, like I said at the beginning of this podcast. So, um, you know, I I just feel bad because, um, and I was talking about in episodes past about the Cowboys and how I see like we have been needing a safety forever and I knew that Cisco wasn't going the first round but I saw that Cisco was being uh in a mock draft they were mocking him to the Cowboys in early second round and I was like "Man, this is awesome like I finally we're finally cashing in on uh something that uh I've I've thought of so maybe it's not uh, all that crazy entirely so if Cisco really has that I have upside at 38 overall. Those are huge paychecks. I mean, for Trill Williams, he's going to be a day three guy more than likely um, just because there's not, to me, anything on the tape yet that I've been able to break down. I mean, I don't get the all 22 and the coach's version of the tape. And I, I and don't get me wrong, I, I think that is going to be um he's gonna sign a contract and I think that he'll probably be able to get a shot to play most of it out. Uh I just I don't know what the experts are saying and I, and I don't really have a, a grade on him yet. I mean if it were up to me, I think that he's uh you know, he's a day three guy and and again, that's that's fine. He'll he'll get he's got the talent, he's got the, the size, speed and everything. So it's just up to him. Because as you go higher up, or as I went higher up in sports, I realized that it was all really mental, and it was what mentality I had. Because my physical was already there; I'm already bigger, faster, stronger than you know all my contemporaries already. That's why I made it to D1, and then from there, like all these guys, they're just, the pros are just picking from the pool of guys that you know have the best head on their shoulders, and that's really the guys that are the exception to the rule. Like I was talking about, those ten out of a million, those one out of uh, you know. Just crazy numbers. Um those are the guys that that end up making it is because they got the head on their shoulders. So um good for them, but uh but gone too soon. I really wanted to see them both hopefully back next year just to potentially cap something off. But one thing I forgot about was that they had the bowl game experience. They had the 10 game 10 win, uh 10 game win season experience already. Because um, we saw the picture of them holding up the newspapers at the uh, Camping World Bowl, and um, they were a part of that. They were instrumental in that. So in reality, they just got the reverse of it. They went um, from ten to five to to one win. And uh, some people, like a Jared Goff, they go from one to five to ten wins in college, and then they become you know number one picks. But in their case, it was flipped, and that sucks because I think that they deserve better than that because they're good players. However, I saw Kevin Wall at Kevin Wall on Twitter quote tweet yesterday is like you know people are gonna get real mad when all of a sudden coach favors has two draft picks you know coming off this team people are gonna be like hey you know what's going on here it's like well you know i think coach actually me nobody's doing he's just been dealt an awful hand so um so that's and you know it's it's hard to start the show like i was saying that's why i had the pump up music in my ears and then um and I, and I'm just blowing past the game. There's, there's really no reason at all to, to even touch a game at this point for me, um, because it's just not worth it. It's stressful and it's sad. So that's, you know, and, and and that's Sean and Joe's deal. They, they do, you know. And I have what they don't. They have what I don't. Um, in that regard so it's it's fine so there's there's really no reason to even address the game because and the other thing is we also know what we want to talk about that's Jacoby and morgan um the, the show you know really for me has just been gauging where the orange are and how bad they become um, and you know and and for me i was really thinking hard about this and um you know and what i'm trying to do is i'm not trying to gauge where the team is um, i'm just trying to really think and analyze what's going on as a collective and see the bigger picture. So, um, you know, are we viewing the school wrong? Um, cause I think after thinking about it, um, I think now we got to really think about this team as Vanderbilt, but a part of the ACC, um, just not in a good enough spot right now to get it done. And Vandy Vanderbilt Vandy, they'll never be good at football. You know, why? Because they don't want to be good at football. The other sports are just too important. For us as football fans, though, it's tough to think about because maybe it's true, and that's what we're upset about. We're the northern version of Vanderbilt, which, for me as a player, was good enough. But that same thing may not be good enough for somebody else. That's actually like a prized recruit. And the same thing would happen to Syracuse if we went in big game country. Big game hunting for coaches. We'd eventually get a James Franklin and he'd bolt to USC the next year, or he would go somewhere else, you know, Florida or what, you know, the big name job. Because the money is just not in Syracuse. Syracuse is trying to find a coach that wants to be there forever. And you know what's going to happen with that? Lumps along the way. And you know what you got to do? You got to handle the lumps. That's how it goes. Okay. I, for one, don't want to be Vandy either. because And that's what it's trending like. We have lacrosse. We have field hockey. We have basketball. We have these awesome sports that are getting the bulk of the attention. And the Nike deal is not for football. It's for basketball and lacrosse. I want you guys to know that the Nike rep came in and told us, hey, we are going after lacrosse. Lacrosse is going to be what we brand ourselves in with Syracuse and with basketball. We want to be the Oregon of the Northeast but, and said, Oregon's already got football. You guys need to pull your weight elsewhere. And that's what's going on. All right. So look, the other sports are just important. They're too important. And if we shelled out some money for a coach, it's not going to be enough because if that coach is coming there for the money, he's leaving being a coordinator for more money. You know what he's going to do again? He's going to go leave for more money. And I don't want to have that situation. Coach Babers is here because he wants to be here. He genuinely wants to win. I hope you guys understand that. And, look, Jacobian has something to him. I rewatched what went on the other day, and as a coach, I watched the tape and uh, and i I rewatched his high school tape, let me say rather um, and you know what in his high school tape, and even what I saw the other day is that he's an incredibly flawed product that's making incredible plays. What I mean by that is. He has crazy upside, and I think he has long-term abilities that we had hoped Tommy would have so far. He's got some speed. He's got some athleticism. He's got a big arm, and he's making big plays in his high school tape without really even trying, and then you say, well, all the mechanics are bad. The footwork is stale. It's, it, a lot of the time, it looks like he's locking onto receivers, but like, he's throwing like 80-yard bombs, and it's still working. And I went and looked at his high school team's record from last year when he was uh, quarterbacking, and it was in the 8- or 9-win range, if I recall. I think he was like 8-4. and That's a great high school record. This year, the team, I think, has won one game. Jacobian elevated that school's program. And maybe there was a bunch of guys that went off and went D1, and that's how Coach Gilbert knew about him, to bring him in. And he was closer to him being at um, uh, Lake Charles, um, even though that's not the school, McNeese state, um, shout out Southland conference, dogs up HBU. Um, always love you. Coach Jeff Mills, shout out coach Gabe Lynn, shout out Oklahoma university's finest. Um, shout out coach Vic Sheely, um, head coach at Houston Baptist for giving me a shot. I will be forever grateful for getting my coaching career underway and, um, and always being able to say that I was there. Uh, but just wanted to throw that in there. But, um, And like I was saying, in in what we're seeing from Jacobian on Saturday in the Wake Forest game was okay, he's hitting the intermediate throws, he's hitting short, easy completions, but that's because the defense gave it to him, guys. Like I really want to pump the brakes on, you know, this guy's the truth. He's you know, he's everything that we had hoped a quarterback would ever be. And you know what, maybe you're right. But that guy that you're thinking about with Jacobian, it's not it's not here yet. What you want in a quarterback is about three years Two and a half years down the road. And if it ever comes. And that brings me, I think, to the next point, which is like, when, if ever, do you, the fan, want to stop the merry-go-round that is quarterback injuries on this roster? When are you, the fan, going to say, enough is enough, I'm going to just take this year and do what University of Houston did last year, which is where they redshirted all their good players and just sent out um, you know, a G League roster. They sent out a minor league roster, they sent out a high school roster to go lose every game so that they could die for the sins of coaches past. Cause I think Joe did bring this up in, in their podcast saying that like Rex is you know, he's taking the hit so that other people don't have to. But for me, we go back and we say, hey, you know, Eric Dungy was pretty good as a senior. You know why? He had no choice. He had to play every year. You know why? Because every other quarterback got hurt. My only time being associated with Syracuse football was the 4 string quarterback playing. And it's still happening now. Like, at some point, it has to end. At some point, we have to tank. And I know the fan is saying look, there's no incentive to tank in D1, and you are correct except for the fact that we have to have a healthy quarterback at some point and we can't shell shock a quarterback you know why because that's the one position where if it's gone it is gone man like it is there is no coming back because i've witnessed it i've seen guys throw a pick drew allen and then all of a sudden it's over the once fabled five-star recruit heralded in the san antonio area people still talk about him in houston texas to this day like they saw The the savior of the world walked through the locker room doors onto the playing field, and he couldn't get it done because it just so happened to leave him at OU. You know why? Because other guys had it, and he didn't. I've also seen theories floated with Jacobian, saying that Babers knows that Jacobian is going to be Donovan McNabb in the future, and that he knows that he's special or what you know whatever comparison you want to make but you know to me honestly maybe that's not too far fetched of a comparison you know why because Donovan McNabb in reality was the last guy that we can point to and say that was really our guy
1: Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at Squeezed.com.
0: You know, that was really that dude. Ryan Nassib was good, but we didn't really, you know, elevate the program into new heights. And, um, you know, he didn't. Almost bring Michael Vick to Syracuse because of it, or you know whoever else. He didn't bring Lamar Jackson because um, you know he wanted to be like Donovan McNabb. It's not. It's like Ryan Nassib didn't bring Tommy DeVito going there, saying, "Hey, I want to be just like you know Ryan Nassib." Nobody says that. Come on, get real. You know what needs to happen? We need to get healthy so our guys can grow and not have to take time out of their off season rehabbing for once, and not having to wonder, "Is this place really for me?" Is are the injuries happening? I know I'm sick and tired of it too, because I want to be good. You know how embarrassing it is for me to go out there and have the coaches on my coaching staff make fun of my team every weekend. It's awful, but you know what i'm willing to go through it this year so that down the road, I can actually sit back and watch a good quarterback play and I think it's this is the time like when as a fan base can we gather around a shitty situation once then not have to battle with every QB on the roster getting hurt I mean this year is the year to bite the bullet. And and yes, in COVID, our year gets worse. But when was this ever going to be better? Sean and Joe and I talked about in the preseason how we got dealt the worst hand. And the ACC is okay with dealing us the worst hand in football. Why? Because they don't want us to be good either. They want everybody to walk all over us too, so Clemson gets an easy win. But you know what? They sure do us a favor in basketball by giving, by bringing us into the league, getting more money, and they're about to hand us $50 million checks every year based on the TV deal with the ACC network. So you know what? It is worth it. And you know what? Yes, it's going to affect everybody because the checks get distributed equally, but you know what? Maybe we'll finally start to be able to do something with that. So that's that. And yes, in this covid latent year, yes, our year gets worse with football, but you know what? It could also not be there. So really, in reality, we are... In this position, I think it's time to just, you know, saddle up and say, "Look, I want to go one in whatever the rest of the way because we were dealt the worst hand, but it's going to be better moving forward." Now, in regards to Markowitz, I watched his tape too, and I I looked at the Twitter feed earlier, and it said that Coach Babers let Rex Jacobian and Dylan all take reps, and so you know what? I went back and watched Dylan's tape, and I've watched a lot of Texas tape because our Texas high school football tape because at HBU we did a lot of recruiting in Texas. Funny and um, Dylan to me jumped off the tape. In the perfect scenario, I saw Matt Ryan, which is saying a lot for accused QB because, like I said before, we haven't had that since Donovan McNabb. But it goes to show Donovan goes to show. Syracuse can have that. Syracuse can have nice things. It's not like everybody always forgot when they signed back in the day with Syracuse that like it was in a bad part of town. Like I don't think anybody really ever thought that Syracuse was Miami Beach. And I'll be the first one to tell you I knew it wasn't, and I picked Syracuse over Miami Beach. So it can be done. And yes, Cues can have nice things. And I think Markowitz is a nice thing because I saw in an RPO-heavy-laden offense in high school him making dime after dime after dime. And again, as a former player and coach, Dylan looks great. I mean, he's sharp and, like I said, an RPO-heavy offense that should translate really well to modern-day Division I football. And I will also say it is stereotype. But oftentimes, stereotypes are bred out of reality. So coaches high high school coaches in Texas are just better than anywhere else. They're more competitive, they get paid more, and they're more dedicated to their craft because of it. A lot of them are also former college players and coaches, and they do a great job. And you know what the other thing is, too? Is that they play a higher brand of football. They're better at football. And it's painful... As that is for me to say, I think that is not that way across the board because I think that – like if you put California, Florida, and Texas and you take all three – or the top three teams from each state, I think that it would just be whoever stayed the healthiest throughout the course. I really do think they're toss-ups. But as far as from top to bottom – Coaches in Texas don't have to deal with the laws of California. Coaches in California in high school, they have to teach classes. It's just the way it goes, unless you're a small private school coach. But then you're only making 30 grand a year to be the head coach. You have to do another job, which takes away from your film study. It takes away from your game prep. It takes away from being, you know, that only head coach that gets to just put his nose in the playbook, get tape watched or watching tape and then moving on and getting ready and then translating that into your players. Okay, In California, you don't get that much time. Yes, you can make that time, but that comes out of your sleep. It comes out of your family time. And A lot of high school coaches are high school coaches because they value family time. They value the development of the players. They want to have relationships with the people around them. They don't want to be hermits and never see anybody the rest of their life college coaches are hermits. so They don't want to see anybody the rest of their lives. And that's why I battle with trying to like decide in the long run, like, you know, what do I want to coach? Do I want to coach high school or college? You know, I like my family. I really like my wife. I really like my future kids. I can already tell they'll probably be spoiled or, you know, brats at some point, but I'm still probably going to like them.
1: We will be getting back to Tyler and his thoughts here shortly. Sorry to interrupt real quick. I got to tell you about batonline.ag one more time. Look, you want to get in on the action? Go to betonline.ag. They're going to go the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coach and props, betonline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head over there today. Use the promo code armchair to take advantage of all of the great sign up bonuses. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you. Bet online. Look, Manscaped is changing the grooming game with their new Weed Whacker. What is the Weed Whacker? This is a nose and ear hair trimmer. Provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps you prevent nicks, snags, and tugs. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. What is that? It is power. It is pure power and nothing else. Get rid of the hair. It's intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience. And it's waterproof, which makes it easy uh, operation and cleaning. The only nose and ear hair trimmer on the market with a powerful rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts up to 90 minutes on one charge. Listen, they do do this too as well. You will get replacement blades every three months to keep up your weed whacking. All right, now listen. There's a poll taken. Seventy-nine percent of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. It's gross, guys. It's gross. You don't want the the hairs hanging from the nose, okay, or out the ears. You can't see the ear ones. Get the weed whacker, man. Get in there, buzz them off. You're good to go. Get twenty percent off and free shipping with the promo code Armchair at manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off and free shipping at Manscape.com. Use the promo code Armchair. What are you waiting for? Manscaped.com. Thank you. Back to Tyler.
0: <sighs> Man, this is a lot to say today, but I'm feeling revved up. Coaches in Texas, they don't have to teach. They don't have to do anything else. And they get their full benefits. They get a six-figure salary. And they're living high on the hog. And you know what? They don't have to worry about taking attendance. They don't have to worry about administering tests. All they have to do is worry about football. And that's a more competitive place to be. Dylan is further along as a quarterback. He's further along as a player, but I'm not sure he has that natural athleticism, maybe. He is an athlete, obviously. But the things I saw with Jacoby, and it was like, he's not even close. Whereas Markowitz, I'm looking around and thinking, this guy might be one of the most talented throwers of the football Syracuse has seen in a long time and that is arm talent and I think he has the upstairs talent, the mental talent as well I really think that they both do because here's another thing about Syracuse so I got recruited and my mom goes, oh great, you know, he's got a scholarship, he obviously looked at his grades, yada yada yada, you know, he's going to get in and they said, yes, he's going to get in but he's not going to get into the, the program he wants to. He's not going to do the things that he thought he was going to be able to do. It's like, we have this expectation. You know, West Virginia told you X. Kentucky, University of Kentucky told you X. We're like in Z. We're not, we're not even getting to Y. Like, it is. we are a lot more stringent on our rules. And it was true. Syracuse can't take dummies. It's just the way it is. You have to put in the work. You have to be disciplined academically. So don't tell me that I'm trying to say that Jacobian's dumb either or anybody else on the team is dumb because they have to be high academic to get in the door you have to test well in your ACT or SAT but what I'm saying is I think that Dylan because of the situation he was in in Texas at a very high level of play in the northern Dallas region in McKinney he played against better competition routinely, and he looks like a more polished quarterback off off the bat. So if you're asking me, do I, who do I want out there? I want Markowitz, honestly, because I think that he's a guy that could potentially make some mistakes and not be burned for it the rest of his career. Whereas with Jacobian, my fear is that if we put him in too early, we'll burn him for the rest of his career, and then all of a sudden we have sort of like a uh, – not a Terrell hunt type of situation because his was more the physical let him down, not the mental. But I, but I fear because the mental may not be there, the physical may let him down down the road, if that makes any sense. Like his body may fail him because he didn't have that – those early reps – to, to be that thrower of the football that we wanted to be. Now I get it. Markowitz was a senior started. Uh, he only started his senior year of high school, but he sat behind two other D1 quarterbacks while he was there. And I'm sure he knows how to run an offense. He is just such a supreme, talented thrower of the football. The accuracy is on point. I can tell where he's trying to go. His reads are good. He's flipping his hips when he needs to get to his next read. I mean, he really does remind me of Matt Ryan. And when I watched him in the offseason and before this season started, I thought that he looked exactly like Carson Wentz. And now looking like Carson Wentz is actually a death wish. But when he had his MVP season, I saw a lot of similarities. Big arm, big tough looking kid. And you know what? I thought he made the right throw most of the time. Jacobian is a guy that's going to be here for a while because he needs to be. But I think Jacobian may have a higher upside down the road. Because when he loses the stiff rigidity in his hips and his footwork, he's going to be that type of guy that explodes onto the scene. I really think it. But it's going to come at the sacrifice of us waiting our turn. Vandy will never be patient enough to wait their turn. They're going to keep finding that coach, keep trying to turn him over, and that coach is going to keep leaving, keep going to greener pastures. Why? Because that's what Vandy wants. WildHack and Syracuse University want a coach to learn, grow, and stay because that's the only way we have sustained success because if we do anything else besides what we're doing, it's going to be a recipe for disaster all over again. Coach Marone is by far the best coach that we've had in a while. And he's had wacky stories about him too. I was told that Coach Marone would evaluate all the players that would he would be interested in and basically just give it to the position coaches saying, You can pick from these four, you can have two out of these four. This is what you get. Like he didn't even let the position coaches do their job. He was such a control freak that he a lot of the players on the roster when I was there were non-contributors because he didn't let anybody else evaluate him like who does that as a head coach Uh, an nfl coach does and that's why he's a better nfl coach than he was a college coach in my opinion he's had terrible rosters and that's not his fault he was the product of having bad gms at the time and that's okay too but look coach marone was the best coach we've had and what did he do he left for greener pastures and Coach was a great guy. I mean, you know he's from the Syracuse area. He loves going on part of my take and talking about his story. He gives a lot of credit to Syracuse. He loves the program, and it, it, it wouldn't be terrible to see him back one day in some sort of shape or form. But I mean, look, there's a cycle that's going on here, and it has to end soon. There's no way that Syracuse can keep this up, keep it going, because I don't want it to. And if I were the coach, and if I were Dino, that's what he's trying to say to everybody, is that he cannot afford to have another season like this for his own sanity, for his own sake, for the player's sake, because he knows they'll turn on him. It's just a fact of life. But, man... I'm, just, I'm still kind of bummed about this Trill and Cisco thing because I really did think that it was going to work out. But I, I guess to bring all the sides together here and really make this a tie thought when the names get called on draft night Cisco, Trill Williams, bang bang, and whoever else signs off this team, if anybody, you can turn back and say, this, coaching, this coach, this head coach recruited him. He got them signed on the dotted line. And the position in which we're all most concerned about, he signed those guys too. And if they work out, then we're going to have to look back and you're going to have to say, maybe I was wrong. Or maybe I was right. But there's a time and a place for everything. And in order for us to get to that point where we're hearing. With the 100th pick in the NFL draft, the Oakland Raiders select Dylan Markowitz, quarterback, Syracuse University. We've got to make sure he's available. If he's not available, we don't get any of the good stuff. We hope to hear the next year. Todd, Todd McShay gets up there. I don't know what Dino Babers is doing, but he's turned out another one. Jacobian's looking to go real early in this draft. It's got to be available. Can't chill shock. Can't have him transfer to a D one AA again. Can't be losing quarterbacks left and right. Can't be losing offensive linemen left and right. <laughs> we kind of have to be thanking Rex in a way here, because he's he's paying dues for something that's not his fault. So I, I'm I'm encouraged to hear that the two guys are going to the NFL and I'm encouraged that the, the two freshmen are taking snaps along with Rex behind the first-team offensive line today, or this week in practice. But everything comes with a potential up and downside. I just want to let you guys know, I'm in favor of delaying this thing so that we never have to get to this point again. I don't want to be Vanderbilt, and neither do you. Have a good week.